Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 27, Social Media Safety. Hello, Mom Fashion friends. Beth and I are chatting today with another friend and another team member from Fort Worth Moms, our gal pal, Heather. Hello, Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you here and just to pick your brain and all your wisdom. Can you tell us just a little bit about your family real quick? Sure. So I've been married 25 years to my college sweetheart, and our kids are Colin, who's 21, Cooper is 19, and our youngest will be 16 next week. Mm, Those lovely teen years. We're, we're really glad to have you here so that you can tell us what to expect and how to raise our own children. <laughs> yes. We want to learn from your wisdom. Yes. I'll yes. tell you all my mistakes to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> I can add to that list, no doubt. Yeah, me too. Okay, so we have had this topic, social media safety, on kind of our uh, topic calendar for, good grief, six months. Mm-hmm. And when we were creating that topics calendar, who knew that we would be somewhere in a pandemic? Mm -hmm. In the middle? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And social media safety, you know, particularly for like our kids and how to parent in that would always be, I think these days, a pertinent topic. But I think now it's really a pertinent topic because Mm -hmm. I just... I know my kids have much more access to their technology than we did in February. Let's just talk about a little bit about like our philosophy on technology, because I think every mother kind of has a different idea of what that should look like. You know, you have the people who are like, my kids don't watch TV until they're two. And then you have people like me who they were an infant. And I'm like, I just need to sleep for a minute and you'll stare at the screen. So let's do it. Um, So what, what does that look like for your family as far as technology goes? What's your philosophy? Well, I think I have an interesting perspective on it because I feel like our my generation of moms whose kids are entering adulthood, we are the pioneer parents yeah. in the digital age. You are. Because really technology didn't start to come into play until elementary years, social media and all of that and all of its glory. So we were kind of making it up as we went along. We didn't have anybody, any generation of parents older than us to ask, how did you manage this? So um, a lot of trial and error. But in our house, my husband's an IT director, so technology is something he's very adept at and aware of. And so at our house, our general philosophy has been technology can be good or bad depending on how you use it and how you manage it. And understanding this is the world my kids live in, particularly as their classrooms began to go digital, even pre-pandemic. So um, we need to coach them how to use it effectively. What is um, difficult for me as a parent in this area is that 
I can relate to you. I feel like I'm like parenting blind because I don't have a frame of reverence about things I wish my parents had done differently or things I appreciated my parents did right or my friends' parents. Like there's not a lot of frame of reference for me. And so it's like I have a nine-year-old who's pushing hard for technology access and more independence. But it is a struggle for me to find the balance of like giving her some independence, but also knowing that I can't, like I I can't trust technology like with her. So I think like to answer, you know, Beth, your question, I always have an opinion on something, right? And I always have like, I've thought through things until they are like beaten to death. But this is a topic I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, with Anna saying she didn't watch television until she was two. Louisa watched it immediately. <laughs> Upon entering the house, I'm sure we turned on a TV, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, like, I, I have ideals that I want it to be very limited during a day, but that doesn't actually translate into how we actually function during a day. Yeah. So I don't really know that I have a concrete philosophy because as an Enneagram one, I don't know what the right choice is. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're all in that similar boat of, I mean, I remember being in college before text messaging and having a cell phone on you all the time Um, was even a thing. I remember when I, remember I went to like the registrar's office, like the first day freshman year, and they gave me an email address. And I was like, I'm never going to use this. <laughs> and I and the crazy thing is I don't really think I did. Yeah. Like I didn't need it when way back in the yes. stone ages 20 years ago yes. when yeah, I was in I college. One up you that Oh yeah. <laughs> when we are in graduate school this thing called the internet came out and we're like I honestly looked at my husband this thing will never take off. What is this crazy? <laughs> yeah. And you had to go to the library at Baylor to where he dial was it yeah, up. To, like dial it up and even access this thing called the internet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and now I literally can't leave my neighborhood without my phone telling me where to go and how to get there. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, it is. We're in it's a weird, weird place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I have a philosophy. I think mine is more built on guilt, which I feel like a lot of my parenthood is. <laughs> 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 to yeah. where I'm like, I know, I know, it's always therapy. Um, <laughs> to where I'm like, you know, okay, we have screen time at this time, and then you turn it off, or you have to do A, B, and C to earn more screen time. And I try to put these rules in, but then there are days where I'm like, we're just going to do this all day because I just can't today, you mm-hmm. know, um, or I have work to do, and so I need y'all to be occupied. Or, you know, there are times when it's like, I'm going to use this because it it's advantageous for me personally. Um, and so it really is kind of that back and forth. My Poor kids are like, we have no idea what's going on. If you hand us a screen, we'll be excited. If you don't, we'll just sit here and wait for you to do it. So yeah, yeah. So I would say my kids right now have um, a lot of access to um, technology in the sense of like shows and games mm-hmm. on a tablet. Mm-hmm. But we haven't yet ventured into like social media, right? We have published quite a few articles on Fort Worth Moms, and I'm going to put links to all of those in the show notes. And they've been really helpful, actually, 
um, to me and even kind of going back and reading them before this podcast. But one thing that is a theme in every article, and it comes from a different perspective, is modeling social media safety and even social media health for our kids who are, maybe have their own Facebook or Instagram accounts, Snapchat, whatever the kids are doing these days, TikTok, (laughs) I don't know. Um, And like also for the kids that are about to be, like they're entering their tweens, you know, and as that comes. So one thing, um, Heather, you wrote an article for us called Honor Your Kids on Social Media. And so I kind of want to start there because in your ideas about honoring your children, it is modeling for your children how social media should be used, how you interact with it, and so forth. So talk a little bit about like your perspective and the points you wanted to make in this piece you wrote. Well, because I am in the first ones to even have social media, and thankfully my kids were older when this all came to be because I did a lot of hysterical things when they were little. And I would have been the mom that's like, look at my kid. But by the time social media came around, my children had opinions about the things I might have posted, such as when my boys would run around in their underwear and their rain boots in the backyard. Like, that would have been funny to me. But then by the time social media came around, they were at that precious pre-tween, tweener age where um, they cared a lot about what other people thought of them and how they thought of themselves. So my idea about honoring my kids on social media is partly because I thankfully was spared from maybe oversharing, um, but also because it's a big philosophy in my marriage and in our house that we build each other up, that we use our relationships and our platforms to not to tear people down, Mm -hmm. that we don't say things about each other that we wouldn't say to somebody's face. Um, So... That is something we try to model just in relationships. So we've just tried to reflect that in social media. And it's easy when your child is little to have no idea what their thoughts are going to be when they're 15 or grown, like my boys are, um, you know, they're both grown. It's easy to forget that someday they're going to be adults that care how much of their story has been shared. Yeah. I get that. I'm, I'm really like living that out right now with my oldest. She is aware of what social media is. She knows I've posted things, you know, you're right, like as through their infancy and toddlerhood and like early years. And she cares a lot. And sometimes like I'll just take a video of them or whatever and she will say, don't put that on Instagram, you know. And I remember this like I'm if because I don't want her to put stuff of other people that they wouldn't want. So like I need to kind of you like model that. I've also started, I mean, like, she's nine, and she's nowhere close to getting a cell phone or having social media accounts, although she doesn't really understand that. (laughs) You know, she daydreams about this, right? But I have started letting her scroll through mine just to sort of see what things mom might say on there, but even to start kind of introducing her to, like, things that other people say on there and how I can't control that, but I can scroll past it. You know, like, just mm-hmm. kind of getting – and I don't know, again, if I'm making a horrid mistake by letting her do that or if that is a good idea. Like, 
you know, I'm not sure, but like there has to be, because I feel so unsettled without a frame of reference, I think I'm trying extra hard to give her a frame of reference, you know, to know how to behave. But yeah. I think you're, it sounds like you're coaching her and starting to lay some groundwork and be intentional about how social media is used. This is how I use it. I'm going to model that for you. And it was, I don't even remember where the idea came from, but um, our boys, as people started getting cell phones, their peers as early as third grade, which was crazy because phones are so expensive and mm-hmm. way different. Um, they started asking, when am I going to get a phone? And my oldest didn't care as much as my next one did. And so I thought, I don't even know how to answer that question. So I said, when you need one, because that's a good vague mom answer, Mm -hmm. right? And so then, (laughs) well, what does that mean? So then defining it when you are away from me and you need to communicate to me to come pick you up. Mm -hmm. So actually, my kids were just laughing about this the other day. Remember, um, the boys were saying, remember when um, we had that slide phone, which a lot of you moms out there may or may not recall those, but mm-hmm. um, they had, we had a family slide phone and the boys had to check it out from us, depending on um, what they were doing. The boys also had to assign a phone contract that outlined the proper use of a phone. And then when cameras came into play on phones, it was that you don't take photos of people um, without their permission. And that wasn't even social media related. So we just made it up as we went along, this phone contract. And then here is like the most fabulous part of it was the last clause on the phone contract that they signed said, should you break the spirit of this contract <laughs> good, good. <laughs> against rules which may not be stated, your phone will also be taken away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all interchanged, you know, like the amount of time you spend on social media, like how about we model healthy habits for that, which is like a dagger to my heart in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And well, if I'm honest, in regular life, it's all tied together, like you know, social media safety, like having principles about photos and phones and tablets. And, you know, it's all connected. Our kids are, at least for Emily and I, our kids are being more aware of Mm -hmm. how we're using our phones. Um, And I have the same thing with my oldest where she's like, are you going to, are you going to put that on Facebook? And so I've, you know, after reading these articles and having these conversations, been able to enter into those conversations of like, well, is this something you would want to share? And then what's the purpose of sharing it? You know, even trying to prepare her heart for the whole having people like you or like your stuff or comment on your stuff and kind of what the purpose for sharing something would be um, and giving her a framework for that. But I love the contract idea because it gives them it like it puts them in it. It's not just mom is in control of this, but they have, you know, they've signed something. They've said, this is how I'm going to use it. It gives them some very, um, I think, good structure around it. I think one of the things that we get hung up on is, is technology good or bad? And I think the reality that all moms need to embrace in this, like, how do we manage that? for ourselves and our kids, is that technology is neither good nor bad. It's neutral. It's It's in how we use it. 
And again, just the gift of timing for me that my kids were old enough, I could foresee they're going to be out on their own. And technology is their life. It is part of their generation. They live in a digital era. And of course, now our youngest who uh, just finished sophomore year in high school, all online. Um, this is a reality. So the trick isn't whether it's good or bad. It's in coaching them how to use it when I'm not around. It sounds kind of like a jerk thing to say, but kids don't, this is not a, an inherent right, right, mm-hmm. for them to have access to this. And there is no such thing as like an app or a profile or anything that mom doesn't have access to or dad. You know, like there's no, mm-hmm. um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like um, expectation of privacy. Like there just cannot be because not only do you have to like watch for red flags that they might not be able to identify of someone trying to harm them, but maybe even them not being kind to other people. And you can see comments they've said to other people or like navigating some weird meme somebody put. You know, like you kind of have to like you're saying like you got to coach and talk through all those things. It's not like you get to a magic age and suddenly you know enough that you can go into the world of TikTok, you know, without any problems. Yeah, I I don't feel like I can go into the world of TikTok without (laughs) I avoid TikTok. Oh, yes. Well, I, I may be TikTok famous as my youngest child is cringing when I say that because my middle <laughs> child featured me in a TikTok. That's, so is oh. that is that still accessible on the interwebs? It is. Uh, <laughs> we'll include that believe. link. Yeah, we'll include, include that, that link in the show notes. Yes. As far as social media, <laughs> we've um, one of the ways we've fleshed that out practically is that. Uh, we, because my husband's IT director, and part of what he does is um, coach, help coach churches and church staff, um, the proper use of social media, the dangers of the internet and that type of thing. Um, we have sort of investigated, he has some inside knowledge about this is a, this is why this is a dangerous app. This is why this is probably more benign. So um, as the kids aged, we kind of gradually gave them some room to explore. And that was more middle school. And um, Instagram, you know, that felt more safe then than Snapchat. But the two things we did is that they, they aren't allowed to have accounts that we can't follow. Um, we have to have access. And they had to be private as long as they were, um, you know, younger kids. And then also um, that we checked their phones. So as they were beginning to use social media, they knew that certain things were not going to be allowed on their phones because it was just too dangerous, and here's why. But that we would at night as they, if I was following and saw something, I would go have a conversation. You like that meme? Do you even know what that means? And oftentimes, no idea. Yeah, right, yeah. They just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just clueless. Or, just, or what the implications would right. be if you really like, thought, do yeah. You, not understanding this is a sexual innuendo, for example. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Let's not repost that. But, let, yeah. Let's not like that one. Um, and then as we checked the phone at the end of the day, they'd have to turn in their phone and we would check it at night. And it was a whole thing and it took time. And then they would, you know, come in something questionable like... I saw that you said this to a friend. Would you say that to their face? Or, hey, I saw that somebody said this to you. How do you feel about that? And it included access to DMs. Of course, now things are far more advanced. Mm -hmm. But um, those were the two things we did is that 
we had to have access to their social media. And then we checked it and coached through as we went along. And they earned privileges for more social media access or less, depending on their use. That's a good idea, yeah. So how would y'all tackle it whenever... Did you ever have any sneaking issues? Absolutely. Or, yeah, I'm sure. You, yeah, I mean, th- that was one of, one of the articles was like keeping your kids safe on social media is a parenting must. And she has older kids too. And she has a whole section that says ways kids circumvent parental rules. Like, I mean, it's just like it is going to happen even if we love our little dears so much. <laughs> so what? how did y'all handle that? Again, the advantage of having an IT director has been because yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. it's so handy. But even he, you know, kids are smart, not just mine, and there's ways around. So I think the thing is that we don't parent in a place of fear and that we don't instill a fear in our kids that, again, technology is neutral. So we can't be fearful of, oh, we have to avoid this or this app. Like, our kids are going to get sucked into something horrible. Like, you just can't live in that place. So it's a broader conversation at our house. Like, these are why these things are dangerous. And that is summed up, that was early on summed up in anything you ever say to anyone at any point in time on media, assume the entire world will see it. Mm-hmm. because this thing called screenshot. Yeah. So um, it was just more the big picture of these are the dangers and this is why we're being cautious. And if you find yourself tempted or if you see these things happening, then this is how you handle it. Instead of trying to keep them from those things, and especially now that I have two that were out of the nest and now they're back with the pandemic and we're full house again. But um, they needed to know how to navigate those and to just have the tools and be more aware of that than, you know, the danger list. Yeah. yeah. That was one of my questions, too, was how do we how do we coach this um, not from a place of fear? You know, because I think that I look at what could be happening and I'm like, oh, no, we must avoid, we must avoid. But they're not going to be able to avoid it. You know, they need to they need to be able to use technology for school, especially right now and probably more and more and more in the future. I think the one of the biggest fears that moms and parents have is pornography, right? Mm-hmm. On of and access to that and how that happens. And I think that uh, the conversation moves from we have to keep them from that to telling our children like you, these things could happen and this is what you do when. That Mm -hmm. happens because they're just, I don't care how careful you are. And if your husband's an IT director, you know, or whatever position you have, they are going to stumble on. We all stumble on things quite accidentally. And unfortunately, the really dark world of pornography is very adept at technology. So I think the conversation becomes empowering your children to say, these are the things that are out there. And this is why I want to protect you from these things, because I value you and having that conversation. And then saying, when you stumble on something, you come tell mom and dad, and then we work through that together. And it's natural to be curious. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody has that potential. And so this is how we handle it. Yeah, I mean, I think overall that is resonates like with me in kind of how I try to approach parenting, like, you know, we don't necessarily try to 
shelter. I mean, our girls, I have one that's five, you know, so of course there's a lot of sheltering going on. But like, I kind of, I guess, sort of take my kiddos lead into like how I start lifting that shelter up, kind of based on what she starts asking me, you know, and I mean, some of it I need to be preemptive about and we try, you know, on some areas in terms of like sexual safety and, you know, things like that. But yeah, because you have to be aware enough of what's happening. You have to be intentional in knowing your child, knowing what they can handle at what point, Yeah, you know, because we have the same thing where it's like, let's use sexual safety as an example. Like I want to prepare my children that if they go into a situation and this happens, how do they respond, you know? And so I give them enough information not to scare them, but so that in that moment they feel empowered. And it sounds like that's what you're doing with this, Heather, is you're giving them the information enough so that they don't go in and they're not blindsided by something to the point where they don't feel like they can handle it or know how to respond. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but it is hard. It's hard to know, like, how much information do we give them? Is this too much? But if we're And I love that you use the word coaching. If we're coaching, it means we're there with them. You know, we're on the side of the field. We're watching every move. We're helping them decide what's next. And they may not get it right away. Like it's going to take practice, you know, before they can. And you have to be mindful of their development um, and what they're capable of of coping with and Mm -hmm. how much information. So I think at earlier ages, it looks like, if you, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to go into sexual, um, sexually dangerous scenarios. But, you know, if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable, if somebody you don't know, if you see an image that you haven't seen sitting next to mom and dad watching, you know, TV, mm-hmm. then, um, then, you know, let's talk about that. Um, and then as they get older, then you can, of course, add to that uh, vocabulary to be a little yeah. more clear. Yeah. So um, right now our kids are isolated, right, physically isolated from their friends. Summertime is typically like that, but especially right now. And so um, I'm feeling the tension of I want my daughter to still be able to connect socially with her friends. But right now the only way to do that is through technology, right? And so we've already hit some, like, bumps in the road Um, we're using a messenger app that's just for kids. And so I I get notifications. I know everything that's sent. Um, But my daughter likes to use the voice to text and um, because she thinks it's funny when it makes mistakes. And so she sent a friend of hers this picture that had just nonsense words on it from her voice to text. But in the middle of the nonsense words was the word ass. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, and she sent it. Like, she had already sent this. And then her friend's mom's like, well, we can't be friends with her anymore. Exactly. So I'm, like, shooting Ah. off all these texts to both of their parents and to my husband. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, call her dad. Her mom's not answering. Like, we need to, you know. And luckily, we caught it before the other girl actually saw the picture. We were able to erase it, and it was fine. Um, but even those things where it's like, I want them to socially connect, but even in that, like we're having to learn some hard lessons, you know, about how it's used. And so 
How can we do that in this time? Uh, we we have learned some real hard lessons, and we can't we can't use the app because it becomes an obsession with her. Yes, and and so like because then it becomes like something she wants to eat, sleep, drink, and do, and that's yeah. it. Like like it had to be no more. It's being taken off, and you know, and I was like. You know, I didn't give her some big, long lecture, but in my mind, I'm like, this tells me we are nowhere near ready for you to be able to show me that you have self-control when it comes to, like, this type of communication with your friends. So, I mean, we've stuck to essentially, like, Zoom or Google Hangout, you know, or FaceTime, mm-hmm. like, like little play dates for us during this um, because... It was not a just a slippery slope for her. It was like a full on head dive. Yeah, <laughs> down yeah. in the deep end, and we had to dial that one back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It can be a good tool for teaching. I some, think it is. Yeah, you know, some appropriate social interacting things. But yeah, it is. I mean, if you look, I know for me personally, if I look at my own use of social media and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get sucked into it because it is like this faux socializing, right? Um, And so it makes me feel like I've connected with other people that day, even though I really have not connected with them. And so trying to navigate that with her in this time um, is interesting too, because I I have my own issues with it. And I I think that in our own lives, we see that we're we're back and forth, right? That we, Mm -hmm. you know, some days we're just lost in the Facebook world. And then other days we're like, oh, just need to cut back. So I think it just looks like let the lessons be learned. And the phrase at our house was with freedom comes responsibility. So if you want more freedom with social media or whatever, then you have to be able to handle the responsibility and then defining that and um, finding my kids right now, the pandemic is just very different at their ages. And they are on screens most of the time, as is their dad as an IT director and people working remote. So it's just the pandemic world. And of course, mine are, you know, my youngest is about to be 16. So they have the uh, developmental ability to manage that. But I think that we have to have a lot of grace right now in this pandemic on ourselves as mom and as our on our kids and and all of these things and not get um, fearful of, oh my gosh, they're just living in front of a screen, but how can we learn some lessons that can apply later on? And then when it's become an issue, like we're going to cut back or, you know, this Marco Polo app, we can do this instead where the videos stay there, mm-hmm. you know, instead of Snapchat, you know, when they're old enough for that. So if you want to connect, I understand that. And then here's some ways that we can make that happen if you can handle the freedom with the responsibility. Yeah, I like that verbiage. That's really good. Thanks for chatting with us, Thanks Heather. We'll have you back again another time to ask you even more questions <laughs> from a mom who's gone before us. Yes. So, all right, we'll see you next time. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.